Welcome to The Hammer and Quill, a Bonhoeffer House podcast exploring the good, true, and beautiful in the lives and vocations of interesting people. This is episode three, a bonus episode. Oh yeah. This is a bonus episode. We're here in the studio, in the, in the headquarters, the global worldwide headquarters of the Bonhoeffer House, and it's just me and my co-host, Michael. That's Michael, right. yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Not much. What's up with you? Not much. We'll we'll get into we'll yeah. get into what's up with us. But uh, <laughs> you know, we were gonna have our friend Reed Monahan on the podcast today, but some things have come up. Reed is we're postponing Reed. Reed's gonna we're gonna slot him in. He's all right. He's fine. He's fine. If there's some but but some things have come up scheduling wise, and so we're slotting him in in a couple weeks. And so this is a bonus episode. We're here to do a bonus episode that is going to be about pursuing the good, true, and beautiful in our listening, our watching, and our reading while we're on lockdown during this whole COVID-19, this whole pandemic. And and the reason that we're doing this bonus episode is because you, Michael, you have been curating You've been you've been you've 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 been locking down a little slice of the internet world for us on the Bonhoeffer House website because we we launched a few weeks back something called the House Journal. And the House Journal is uh it's interesting it, it it's it's new content that is created or curated by friends of the house, mm. a family of the Bonhoeffer House and you have your own little corner, don't you? That's right. We call that corner quarantine corner. It's actually much harder to say. It is. Yeah. When when you say it out loud. Quarantine corner. It's <laughs> it's a Q and then a C, which are difficult to string or, together. Or quarantine corner. Quarantine corner, where we've asked Michael to make recommendations about what we can listen to, watch, and read during these times. Now, you might find yourself like me without any extra time, uh, but still... I still listen to things. I still read. I still I still watch things. And so, um, or perhaps you're in a position where you have quite a bit more time. And uh, we want to help you fill that up with good things. But before we get to that, uh, Michael, how is life going for you in these lockdown times? It's going well. You know, I can, let me jump in here. I'm just going to go ahead and answer for you. I can verify that you can, in fact, lift a 50-pound sack of flour. I got that going for me. <laughs> I, have a, I have a photo evidence. I took the photo. I saw it with my own eyes. Uh, if, you, if you didn't tune in to uh, last week's episode, we... Uh, I, we we're talking were, all things bread, really. Yeah, yeah, we were. We were talking about the, um, the sourdough mafia family yeah. uh, that you, you have married into. And, yeah. uh, well, it's actually just part of your family. Yep. And my wife now is making a lot of sourdough bread. And so we just, Michael brought 100 pounds of flour to our house today <laughs> in two giant sacks. That wasn't a joke. That was, that was real life. Real life. You actually, your wife actually wanted 50 pounds of flour. That's right. She split 100 pounds with a friend. Yeah. And so you carried them. I saw you. You're a very strong person. Yeah. Ev- photographic evidence. So we will be eating a lot of bread in the weeks to come. That's good. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I was trying to figure out how to store 50 pounds of flour and I heard that you put it in a bucket. Yeah. We just put it in a large plain white, like painter's bucket. Right. Well, I went to rural King, which is another thing that's hard to say, Yeah, but it's, it's a local, uh, farm supply place, uh, that we have one in Radford. And I went by there and I said, um, I, I grabbed a guy. I didn't grab him because you have to stay six feet away, but yeah. I got his attention. <laughs> and I said, um, hey, do you have any food grade buckets? And he looked at me kind of weird and he said, you mean for feed? And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the courage to say, no, I mean for me. So I just said, yeah, for feed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, said, all the feed buckets are over there. And I went over there and, and they weren't at all what I needed. I longed to eat out of the troughs. <laughs> <laughs> So I, then I went to the painting aisle and I found the non-food grade paint, uh, buckets and I got those. So that should, I'm, I'm almost certain that's what we have as well, except yours have like, yours have like American flags. We're very patriotic. It's like, ours are just plain, totally plain. Do you not love our country? I guess not as much as you and Jenny. We love our country and, uh, we love flower. So how's, how, how are things going for you guys? 
good. I mean, not, not much has changed. I'm, I'm still working, uh, pretty much the same amount. Um, and Emily's still doing, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a cooking, a lot of, um, deliveries for, for people. She makes um, food. Yep. And delivers it to people. Yep. Uh, so she's still, she's still doing a lot of that. And, and I think the main thing that's changed is we, we normally would coach, uh, varsity girls soccer in the spring. And so our spring is just filled up like uh, morning but not to now. evening, but, but now it's not. Yeah. So the Floyd, the Floyd County Buffaloes. Yeah. The lady buffs, lady buffs undefe- undefeated this year. <laughs> you know, it is, it's, it's sad. It's really sad that, that our, our senior girls aren't getting to play. Yeah. Uh, th- this, this would have been our fourth year coaching. And so the, the girls that started out with us as freshmen are, are now seniors. So it's a little, Oh, that is really, it's sad. a little extra heartbreaking, yeah. but, but we can say, yeah, we can say that this is our first yeah, undefeated, ever undefeated season, first ever undefeated sis- season in uh lady buffs varsity soccer history. Mm. Go lady buffs. Yeah. I don't think any of them are listening, but they are, if, if they are, what's up? Shout I'm out. sure I'm sure they're listening. Shout out lady buffs. How I'm sure we like listening. to, we like to call them the buff chicks, but they don't like that. Yeah. Hmm. I can see, I you can know, see why Buffalo chicken sandwiches are, our we, we can make that our, uh, you could have a crossover. Yeah. Our, um, our sponsored food. Mm. Yes. The With Floyd, the lady, lady buff sponsored by the lady buff, buff, chicks. buff chick sands. <laughs> you could you could try to work that out. You know, we've got I don't know, you can smell it, can't you? We've got uh I've got some speaking of. I've got some it's not it's not chicken, but I've right. got some pork on the smoke smoker right now. I got a pork butt on there. It 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 really like wafted wafting. me down oh, yeah. the the stairs on my way here. Like Pepe Le Pew. That's right. You know, love that smoker. I'm gonna be eating pulled pork tonight at some point, and it is going to be amazing. Yeah. Man, that's you know. As a matter of fact, Reed Monahan gave me that smoker. Shout out, Reed. Gosh, if he was here wish today, you were here. yeah, I wish you were here, Reed. You'd smell the, you'd smell, you'd smell that I'm putting it to good use. Yeah. If you follow me on Instagram, you'd see it. Yeah, you just, you just, I just posted. did stories. You just asked me about how do I do, the, how do I do the Instagram <laughs> stories? <laughs> You're exposing my shame, man. <laughs> Listen, I got it on lockdown. I know how to do things. Yeah. I, I I misspelled something on Instagram story and I went back to change it and I was like, I can't, you can't edit it. Yeah. It's I, just done. To, to be fair to you, I was also saying that Instagram is a little bit non-user friendly when you're, when you're just starting out. Or you're old. I can't figure yeah. it out. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, how do people do things? And they have surveys and yeah, but I got, I got pictures of my meat. Yeah. And my smoker, and it's good. It's good. It's true, and it is beautiful. It really is. It is, and that's what this podcast is all about, right? <laughs> Great transition. <laughs> We're all about. Really, we we, we our, our our hope is Philippians four eight, which says, "Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things." You know, that's what we want to do: is help us. Help people to think about these things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely. You know, we want to do a bit of cultural commentary, looking out a bit of worldview formation. How should we look at the world? How do we? How do we? Uh, how do we be, become curious, seeking the good? Uh, and and how do we also uh, kind of identify and and reject that which is not good, which is malformative? How do we stop? Uh, we want to be the kind of podcast where we stop and look. You know, we look around, we get the magnifying glass out. We want to look at the lives and vocations of people that are serving God. Uh, in particular, sit down with people, chat about how they serve and love God, uh, find out tips and tricks about their life. And today, rather than interviewing someone new, we're going to talk about tips and tricks about what to watch, what to listen to, and what to read. So, Michael. Yeah, the good, true, and the beautiful in our in our media consumption. There it is. There it is. So tell us. Also, I heard a little, uh, I heard maybe it was a embedded Wendell Berry shout out in there with look the and uh, look and see. Look yeah. and see. That would be a great thing to watch. Yeah. There's a documentary on Wendell Berry, uh, Kentucky activist, poet, author, 
Professor Farmer, Farmer. Uh, who lives in Kentucky and farms and writes. And uh, there is a, I believe his children, or maybe his daughter, made a documentary called Look and See. And it's uh, all about how he, as a father, and then even in his writings and his, uh, his influence on culture, has been all about saying, slow down, look and see. And it absolutely was a throwback to Wendell Berry. Which, by the way, um, I'm picking back up the habit of writing letters, and I'm going to write him a letter. Wendell, if you're listening, Mr. Berry, I'm going to write you a letter. Mr. Barry. <laughs> so, Michael, kick us off with uh, what, what should we be listening to? What are mm. some good things to listen to in these times? Yeah, so I, I thought I'd start us off by, by looking back. So I've already written two of these quarantine corners and uh, we'll be hopefully continuing to put them out weekly as we go. You can find these at bonhoefferhouse.com slash house dash journal. Yeah. And we will have new content every week for a while and then uh, still pretty often after that. And you'll find more and more of what Michael recommends there. So having already put out a couple of these, um, I've, already, I've already recommended a couple things to listen to. Uh, the, first, the first one is um, a Spotify playlist that um, an artist named Josh Garrels put together uh, that he just named Spiritual Songs uh, after the... Um, what is it? Ephesians verse. Yeah. In uh, yep. Greet one another with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, but it's, it's just a, almost a 13 hour worth of, uh, songs that, that are in one way or another, uh, about and, and surrounding Jesus. Um, and you know, as I was thinking about this with, with putting it as, as one of the first recommendations in, in week one, uh, I think what I was thinking is with a lot of people being suddenly in the home a lot more often, um, having something, having music playing uh, and having a, a, a playlist that you can can just throw on and, and not have to worry about, okay, what's the next song that's going to come up? Um, but, a, but a playlist that you can just throw on and know, man, this is going to be, this is going to be good. Uh, uh, God honoring music. That's, that's excellent. That's good. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of bad music. Yeah. You know, that's helpful uh, for us because my wife, Jenny homeschool, she has, so this, this hasn't been a huge change and, um, and they have music on all the time. So if they're yeah. working on a project, they're doing some science experiment, they're um, gardening, they're cook. There's often uh, a soundtrack. Yeah. And actually she read that. And, and so she's been listening to that. Oh, that's playlist. awesome. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, there's, there's not much that brings life to a home more than, than good song and good, good music. Um, so, you know, live, live music, someone just hopping on the piano and playing something really brings life into the home mm -hmm. and brings people together. But, uh, not everybody you can't, not everybody can do that. <laughs> not everybody has a big fam, big musical family that can can jump on the piano or the guitar. Uh, some of us do, but um, but man, it it can really bring some some life and some energy in, into a home to just throw some good music on and uh, and and go about life, go about cleaning, go about baking, going go about uh, even even just doing you know your normal school routine or or whatever with with good music in the background. So. Um, Another, another listen, um, that I threw out last week, uh, is a podcast called this cultural moment, um, which is really a, uh, a podcast on, um, on culture and, and specifically they start out talking about post-Christian culture and what that means. Uh, and then they, they kind of walk through history to show, what what were the different shifts and changes in uh, in culture that that led to this cultural moment that we're in now? Hmm. Um, so they talk about post Christian culture. They talk about secularism, um, and and they do it in a really winsome and conversational way uh, that you you kind of get swept up into their conversation and almost feel like you are discovering the things that they're talking about with them. 
And that's uh, that's John Mark Homer and Mark Sayers. Yeah. So one guy is Portland or Seattle pastor writer. Yep. John Mark Comer is out of Portland. And then uh, Mark Sayers is Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. And a pastor of a church there. I think it's called Red Red Church. Church. You know, I'm actually reading a book that he wrote called The Reappearing Church. Yeah. Uh, which is part, I think, part two. He did The Disappearing Church. Yep. Um, and uh, I recommend it. We're, we're not to the reading section yet, but I recommend it. Which are both. I like Mark Sayers. Yeah, he's he's a really wonderful to listen to, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got a, a rich Australian accent that comes out. So, uh. I am convinced that if you have an Australian or English accent, you... You just, it's just, you just sound better. Yeah. I definitely, when I first I think, you know what you're talking about. It, it's maybe it's just us, but it really does feel like that's the case. And I don't think it, I don't think it reverses. I've been in Australia, spent six weeks there and it, I didn't get the impression people thought I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> they were like, Hey, say howdy. Yeah. <laughs> howdy y'all. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. The stereotype probably doesn't. Yeah. bode well yeah. for Americans. I, I started listening and, and definitely assumed that he was older than he was. Oh, is he a young guy? He's, he's relatively young. He's young. Well, let me put it this way. He's younger than I thought he was. I think he's like real I, young, like 40 or something. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty young. <laughs> I just assumed because of the, the accent uh, that, oh man, this guy's so wise. wise he, he must yeah. be like an old sage, but he's a, he's a, relatively young uh australian man well he's 10 years smarter because he's australian so what else do we listen to michael um so a couple things that haven't been released yet uh we'll stick with with podcasts um if you are missing sports ah i'm missing sports i'm missing sports as well uh (sighs) if you were really looking forward to the um to the NCAA tournament to March Madness, uh, but you you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I know I just listened to uh, the Gospel Underground and and Reed Reed had his kids on and, yeah. and they were talking about the the wrestling tournament um, mm. that they go to every year. So so if Reed's listening and he's he's missing wrestling or or missing uh, uh, soccer, uh, English Premier League. And and Reed was a Reed was a coll- collegiate wrestler yeah as a matter of fact i think when we have him on what if the two of us challenged him yeah like a two-on-one we probably shouldn't tell him though just just jump him yeah uh, i okay. don't know that we'd have a chance if we and that won't happen Reed, told we him. Promise. <laughs> but uh there's a there's a podcast called espn daily um and it's about 20 minute episodes um a an espn writer named mina kimes um does the podcast and, and really she, uh, she organizes the podcast like a, a short story. And so she'll, she'll start it out with like little quotes and, and clips, uh, from, from audio or, or, or interviews and, and, and they kind of give you this, this like, Oh man, what, what is that quote about? What's that audio clip about? And then she'll unpack the story, you know, kind of surrounding that, um, so if you're if you're a sports fan whatsoever, uh, I I just really enjoy uh, the storytelling of of the ESPN Daily podcast. So you can check that out. Um, another we're, po- we're gonna we're going to uh, we'll post links to all these in the show notes. Yeah, so you can just click there. Another one, um, uh, switching categories again. We've gone you know we've gone from music to cultural commentary to sports commentary uh another one another really fantastic podcast is called the bible project um so if you are mm. in this season of life looking, i just found out about this yeah they've been they've been putting out content for a while yeah. um i think i don't know if they got started with youtube videos but i i was first introduced to the bible project through videos they do these like big uh like o- overviews of of like books of the bible and animated they do, yeah. yeah. So not like not like cartoon animated, but they'll they'll like animate uh like as as they talk about the book of Romans, they'll they'll do like kind of um text animation that mm. uh that like kind of talks about 
the themes that they're commenting on or the uh the and this is this is another portland guy right seattle i'm not sure okay anyway bible project yeah what is his name i can't remember you neither will but we'll figure it out yeah we'll we'll link it um but the bible project does podcasts as well and they're they're a little bit longer they're they're usually around an hour but they explore everything from you know a, an overview of the book of Romans to uh, I think they recently did uh, a, a podcast about the theme of trees in the Bible. So they look at like uh, the tree, tree yep, the tree of life in the garden all the way through to uh, the, the tree of the cross and then cursed is the man who hangs yep. on a tree. And Interesting. Then, and then the tree in, in revelation whose, whose leaves are for the healing of the nation. So, so it like a fascinating things, like not, not just, uh, you know, here's, here's the book of Romans, here's what it's about. Um, although that those are awesome and really helpful, but then also stuff that maybe you wouldn't have, have thought about, uh, you know, just in your own daily Bible reading. So if you're looking in this Mm. season to jump in on, on some, some creative, thoughtful, intentional content that, that helps you to love and enjoy and feed on the word of God more. Uh, I think the Bible project is a great place to go. Good. Yeah. So along those lines, I'll, I'll throw one in there. Um, uh, been listening to street lights. Uh, so which is the Bible put to, you know, it, it doesn't really fall into any of these categories. I guess maybe it's like an audiobook, but it's not quite that it's like spoken word with a hip hop beat behind it. Uh, so been listening to Psalms one through 41 in the mornings when I get up. Okay. I recommend it. Street lights. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. Oh yeah. It's an app. It's great. Cool. Um, some of them are the, uh, beautiful eulogy guys. Oh do yeah. Some, so which good, which bringing it back to that, that playlist that I talked about in the beginning. One of the other things that I love about it is man, it's such a mix of stuff. Uh, like, like most of the songs probably fit in, in more of a like alternative, uh, you know, kind of, um, more, yeah, more, more, uh, stripped back, Mm -hmm. um, Christian music, but, but man, there's a, it was Jesus by Johnny Cash is on there. Okay. Uh, there, there's a couple hip hop songs. Um, so there's a beautiful eulogy song on there. Uh, there's, I think one of the new Kanye songs is on there. Oh, um, closed on Sunday. Yeah. So, so it's, a, you know, it's, it's a, a playlist that's going to get you a diverse, uh, genres of, of Interesting. music. Interesting. Okay. What about, what about things to read? What should we be reading now, Michael? What are some recommendations? So, the the first couple things that came to mind i i don't know that i like really intentionally did this uh week 1 but a, but as i was finishing up the week 1 article i kind of looked back over it and was like oh that's that's neat like these things are are connected um and i've found myself uh i found myself in a lot of the things that come to mind when i'm thinking about these recommendations uh drawn to world war 2 type of you watch dunkirk so dunkirk um which we're not to the watch yet but yeah dunkirk um uh so one of one of the reads oh you oh right go for it yeah one of the reads that um i've already put out as uh an essay um by c.s lewis called learning in wartime um which is written to answer the question should the university continue education during wartime. So England had just entered into World War II and they're asking, well, should we continue with this, this academic pursuit? Should, uh, should we continue with scientific exploration? Should we continue to make art? Should we continue to teach philosophy when, when the nation is in this, this enormous crisis? Um, and so I, I think it's a, a particularly applicable yeah, what a what a perfect time to read that right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, and man, the you know whenever I go back to to read Lewis, I'm I'm just renewed in my appreciation for him. Uh, he he's such a thoughtful, 
uh, thinker and writer and, and, and theologian. Um, and, and just, I almost always leave whatever I'm reading by him with, with new things to think about that I, that I never would have considered, uh, without reading his work. And maybe, maybe one of the best recommendations for his essays, uh, just to agree with you is often reading the same one again, six months, a year, five years later, uh, it's something different that I'm left kind of scratching my head about thinking about, including in this learning in wartime. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, learning like learning in wartime and, and Lewis's essays in general can, uh, can be a little challenging in, in some, some paragraphs, some sentences can be a little challenging. Um, I've, I've had to reread paragraphs before. So if you are interested in, in something that's maybe a little less, uh, tough, um, to chew on, there is a fantastic work of fiction by Walter Wanger and Jr. called the book of the Dun cow. Um, and it is technically a young adult fiction, um, but but don't be dissuaded by by the young adult tag, um, because it's it's one of the best depictions of the the corrosive and corrupting effect of of sin and pride and shame, uh, and and likewise one of the. Uh, one of the best depictions of beauty and compassion and sacrifice and love um, that I've read recently. Um, and you actually recommended that. I'm so to me. glad you put this in there. Yeah. The book of the Dun cow. We, you know, we make, uh, we make the new, the new guys read it in the Bonhoeffer house. This, yeah. is, this is one of our kind of, we work through a handful of books every few years. This is one of them. And, uh, Man, it is one of the best, one of the best tellings of good versus evil. Uh, there is, there is. You know, it won a it won an award, a national national book award yep. back in the late seventies, I think. Uh, most people haven't read it, so uh, this would be a great time to pick it up. Probably pick it up pretty cheap, I would guess, on Amazon. It's also on Hoopla. It's on Hoopla. Hey, this is a great time to recommend Hoopla. Uh, which is a you can do up to I think they've pro, I think they've expanded the amount of audiobooks you can you can check out now uh, because they're they can so Hoopla connects to your local library you enter in your library code you know on your library card and uh, and then you can check out a certain number of audiobooks a month you can also do ebooks and different things like that and so I highly recommend Hoopla and Book of the Dun Cow is on there so you can listen to it oh and the and the and the narrator. Oh, he's tremendous for Book of the Dun Cow. Uh, I'll look him up, but I'm pretty sure it's the same guy that does Jaber Crow. Oh, and uh, another Wendell Berry shout out. Just working it back around to Berry. Yeah. So yes, but I I second Book of the Dun Cow. Man, the the double the the hammer and quill stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, so. Learning in Wartime by C.S. Lewis, uh, which I failed to mention. We'll, we'll link this in the show notes, but I failed to mention uh, is available online. So in the early stages of, of Quarantine Corner, I've tried to pick things that for the most part are available uh, without having to, you know, get your Amazon delivery driver to, to come to you. <laughs> um, to touch your things. Yeah. Um, Learning in wartime, the book of the Dun Cow. Let hey, me. Hey, before you go on, yeah. I just want to. I want to say it is the same narrator. Mm. Uh, his name is His name is uh, Paul Michael. He actually is a. You would recognize him if you saw his picture. He was a, he was a an actor, or maybe still is. Um, and so, so let this be a recommendation. If you can read anything that Paul Michael narrates, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I I just and you know what I just found out is he narrates Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. No way. Oh yeah. Which is on which is on the list. It okay, hasn't keep going. It hasn't been uh keep going. I probably well, I probably won't, you won't I, get well, we there. already have mentioned it, but you should read life together. You should read it. Or listen to Paul Michael do it. Yeah. Man, he was so good oh, in Jaber Crow. We oh, both man. Jesse and I both listened to Jaber Crow, uh, which is a Wendell Berry fiction. Another book to recommend at this yeah. point. 
Yeah, mm. just go ahead and get that one too. <laughs> just add it. Which is also available on Hoopla, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, but oh, he's such a great narrator um, of of that actor, book in voice particular. actor, very good. Yeah. Um, well, let me let me. Can I give Can I give a couple more? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, one more um, reading recommendation that I would love to give to you is a short story by Flannery O'Connor called a good man is hard to find. Mm. Um, Flannery O'Connor is, is just an excellent example of, uh, how to pack your, your writing full of, of imagery and meaning, uh, what she can accomplish in a short story is really impressive, uh, (laughs) compared to, you know, what, what some authors can do with, with a full length book. Um, and so in a good man is hard to find, uh, you you know, Flannery Connor does this in, in really everything she writes, but good man is hard to find is a, is a jarring story. Um, like you're not gonna, it's not a feel good. It's not, it's not a feel good one. You're not going to get to the end. Nor is any of Flannery (laughs) O'Connor's work. And that's part of what I was trying to say is she, she tends to, to try to jar people. Uh, to, to almost grab you by the shoulders and shake you. Um, She's got, there's this great quote of hers when she was, uh, I believe she was giving a lecture, writing an essay uh, about being a Christian novelist, a Christian writer. And why is it that she uses such grotesque um, kind of uh, um, uh, shocking imagery, which you will find in A Good Man is Hard to Find? Yes. Um, you will you will put it down and then kind of wonder like what did I just read? Yeah, um, I'm I'm disturbed. Yeah, uh, and and what she said is, uh, um, you know the that there are essentially you, you're forced to be more violent to get your vision across to a hostile audience. And and the thing in particular she says is, uh, to the hard of hearing you shout, and for the almost blind you draw large and startling figures. Mm. And she was a master at drawing large and startling figures, which you will find if you read A Good Man is Hard You will find multiple large and startling figures. And in any of her stories. Yeah. Yeah. So in A Good Man is Hard to Find, you know, I think, and I, I wrote this, but I think she, I think she is inviting us in, in the moment that we're in to consider uh, what, what type of, people will we be when this is all over um that that a good man is hard to find you know gives you a a a startling and a jarring look into uh what type of person am i Uh, what type of person am i in crisis Uh, what type of person am i with with my own end in mind and and with my neighbor's end in mind and so and one more thing one more thing about her writing and, and this one in particular is um, no one is too far beyond the reach of grace. Yeah. So that, uh, and that's one of the things you'll find is, is is that if the answer to those questions is I'm not in a good place, yeah, um, you're not outside of of the grace that to be able to be changed from the outside so that you could be in a good place. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Uh, what else? What else should we read? Yeah. So let me throw one more out. You out to you. Um, and we were just talking earlier before the podcast that, uh, this was one of my favorite reads of, of 2019 and it's nonfiction. It's a, uh, it's really a, a, a Christian living book, but, um, it's a book called untangling emotions by J Alistair Groves and Winston Smith. Um, and, and really it's, it's a theology of emotion. It's, uh, it's what do we do with, you know, this part of ourselves and this part of our life that, uh, is so looms, looms so large in our souls, uh, and, and is often, uh, hard to deal with and, and maybe even misunderstood. And so, um, man, they do such a good job of, uh, of helping to value, uh, emotional life, um, but also not let it run wild and, and take over. Um, and, and they, and they even give some really helpful and practical, uh, ways to help you engage your, your emotions. Mm. Um, 
and, and, you know, kind of wrestle with them. So I could use that book. I mean, it was, I, I think here's what I'll say. I think whether you, whether you, I mean, fall, I'm fine, but for other, <laughs> to help other people. Yeah. Whether you fall on the, on the side of the spectrum that, that kind of leans towards emotionalism, um, or whether you fall on the side of, of, you know, kind of a, a, a disaffected, um, you know, devaluing of, of emotion. I think this, I think this work has something to say where regardless of where you are on that spectrum, um, it will help you Mm. if, if you are, if you are someone who, who, you know, is typically unaffected, it will help you to, to value emotion more. Um, and if you're someone who tends towards emotionalism and, and, and kind of being overrun Mm. by your emotion, it will help you to, uh, see, and, and value, um, engaging and, and wrestling with your emotion rather than letting it own you. Good, good. Untangling emotions. Good. All right. So Michael, what should we watch besides the tiger King? (laughs) Yeah. One of my buddies texted me, shout out, uh, Andrew, if you're listening. Um, one of my buddies, Andrew texted me after he read last week's quarantine corner and he, uh, you know, last week I, I wrote, uh, about, um, eating the meat and, and spitting out the bones that, that everything we, we watch, read, listen to, uh, for the most part, everything's going to have some, some meat that we want to take and we want to digest and we want to chew on, uh, and some bones that we, we, we don't want to <laughs> digest that we want to spit out. Um, and so I wrote about that last week and, and then my buddy texted me and said, so is Tiger King spoiled meat, <laughs> which, which I just really, really enjoyed. Um, it's, it's, it is. It's I haven't, meat. I haven't watched any of it. So, um, I watched an episode you did. And then I stopped. Good for you. I just, you know, it just, I'm not hating on anybody that's watched the whole thing. Right. Apparently everyone in the world has. Right. It's the number one running show on Netflix for it. I think it set a record. Really? Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know how many days, but I'm not making this up. Okay. I read that on a headline, which means it's true. <laughs> um, uh, everyone. So everyone's watching it. I watched an episode and, uh, you know, I just decided about 30 minutes in. I don't think this is going to be worth my time. I want to be able to engage with people. Like I want to have conversations. I want to be able to know what they mean when they say Joe exotic Yeah, or Carol did it or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but it just wasn't worth it for me. It was just like, I, I want, I like heroes. I want, I, I'm okay if there's villains. Right. I, I, as a matter of fact, it makes an interesting story. Right. right. But if everyone's a villain, then it just is kind of depressing. And, uh, and I got the sense watching it that like, I don't know if you can convince me that any, anybody in the show is going to be a hero, except maybe the tigers, no redemptive character. No. Well, you know, that's a snap judgment. I was 30 minutes in, but I felt pretty good about that. (laughs) And and like I said, I haven't watched any of it. So when I say good for you, mainly what I mean is not, is not to make a judgment, uh, about, about the show itself, but to say that's impressive. You got in. I got, you got out. You got twenty or thirty minutes in, and then you had the the self control and the discipline to say, you know what? Let me pause. Let me reflect. I don't think this is something that I should continue. I'd like to take credit for that and say it's self control and discipline. Uh huh. It might just be. Um, I don't know if that's what it is. Like okay. I just, I just didn't really like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not really discipline to put down the fork if what's in front of me is just distasteful to mm. me. Mm. Uh, and I just didn't want to eat it. I didn't want the spoiled meat. <laughs> so, so let's, I don't know what that is. Let's, like, uh, let's stay here if you don't okay. mind. Sure. Um, so one of the other things, uh, my, my same buddy, Andrew texted me was, uh, so after he said, so is Tiger King spoiled meat? He, he was, uh, suggesting, you know, maybe, maybe there's uh, a world in which some of the content that we, we take in is is difficult to eat 
or, you know, difficult to chew, difficult to watch, difficult to read. Like even what we were saying just a second ago about Flannery O'Connor, mm-hmm. uh, that some of it might be jarring or disturbing, uh, but still good for us or still nourishing. Um, so I wonder if you have any thoughts about, uh, you know, something that might be, might be disturbing, but, but ultimately it's, it's, it's meant for, mm. uh, disturbing us into maybe conviction or disturbing us into, uh, an awareness of, yeah. of our idols or what do you think? Well, you know, one thing that I think through Flannery O'Connor, we'll, we'll use her as a test case because she's a, um, she would, she was an author with, with strong Christian convictions. She's a Roman Catholic author living in Georgia in the thirties, forties, uh, fifties, um, and yet she writes in a way that at first glance, you might think this is just gross. Like, and plenty of people thought she was a closeted, you know, uh, almost like she, uh, she was rooting for the bad guy, right? She really was on Satan's side, not God's in her sure. stories. But, um, but the truth is, is that there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a moment of piercing beauty in all of her stories, even the most strange and grotesque. And that's intentional, right? That's the startling figures. That's the the shouting to the deaf. Um, and so, but it but it takes a kind of um, expectation. Almost, it takes a like you have to look for it. You have to you have to expect that. Okay, there's going to be something here. There's go, there's going to be um, an epiphany of grace. There's going to be redemptive. You know, there's a redemptive theme, uh, even if it's covered up. That if I if I can just find that thread and pull it, it 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 settles in, it, it connects the dots. It, um, and so, so I think in some ways you're asking the question, how do you become, uh, how do you look for those redemptive themes? How do you, how do you, how do you find the good, the true and the beautiful or in Philippians four, eight, uh, in, in that sense, how do you find the, the, whatever is, uh, whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent, worthy of praise. Um, and I think that's not an easy thing to add, to, to answer, right? Like, yeah. in some ways, we 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 need to, um, you know, uh, listen to you give us advice about what to read and listen to and watch because what'll happen is uh, our palates will get developed, right? When I'm when I'm reading the things you're telling me to read, listening to what you're telling me to listen to, um, I start I start to develop the taste that that help me to recognize it in other things. Yeah. Uh, which then also helps me to recognize when it's not there. Yeah. When it's like, ah, I don't see anything good, true, beautiful. I don't see anything honorable here. Um, so, so that's kind of, <laughs> to me, it's kind of a, uh, uh, it's a lifelong process. Like, you know, right, right. Um, I think of, uh, our friend Philip who roasts coffee and, uh, he does his little thing where when he, when he sips his coffee, I'm going to do it. This is going to gross you out if you're listening. I'm drinking water. Mm. I can't do it with the water bottle, but he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, that would gross me out. <laughs> well, it just did, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, where he's kind of like, you know, he's 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 activating that cough. He's letting it go over all of his taste buds. He's, right. And what's happening too is he's he's he, you can't you can't tell how how coffee tastes like caramel if you've never tasted caramel. You can't. Mm pick up peach notes if you've never had a peach. And so he's got to, he's got to broaden his palate and eat lots of things and taste what a good peach and a bad peach tastes like. And so I think with our reading and watching and listening, uh, we really need to be doing the same things, which sometimes mean, man, when you take a bite of a bad apple, you just got to spit it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, week one, week one, I, I said, we want to use Christ as, uh, as both the, the substance uh, and the standard. So, so when we are reading and, and listening and watching, really what we want to, to do is already have a, the, the taste of Christ in our mouth. Uh, and then as we're watching, we hopefully will, we'll be able to see, um, yeah, redemptive threads, see threads of grace, see threads of compassion. And, and, and what I love about that too, is that when we look to Christ, what we don't see is um, this is not the kind of uh, Cloroxed, clean, uh, everything you know fits together in, in a nice 
bow, it's grotesque. It's, you know, it's bloody, it's dirty, it's unexpected. It's like, wait, you're doing this. Why aren't you doing this? You know, it's, uh, and so, and so I I love that. You're hanging out with him? Yeah. You're hanging out with this guy, this, this, you're letting her do what? She's pouring what on your feet? Why is she doing that? Couldn't you give that money away? Yeah. Um, Don't you know what she does? There's, there's, through in his, there, there's so much unexpected things. There's so much beauty in the midst of, um, in the midst really of the grotesque, in the midst of uh, the dirt. And so, uh, so I love that because, because really what you're saying is not, not only do we have to, are, are we, um, uh, we're, we're broadening our palate actually by tasting more and more of the story of our Savior, because that story is not just a single thread, but it's a whole tapestry. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's really good. Can I take us uh, one more place? Yeah. Uh, you well, it know, depends. Where are you taking us? <laughs> you know, you were, uh, as we were talking about uh, Tiger King and your your mm. brief foray into watching it, um, what do you think about the, the kind of the age of viral media that we're in? You know, this is something else that I'm, that I'm, I'm wanting to write about and think through that, yeah. that something like Tiger King is a, is a new consumer phenomenon. Well, so I will say I have an immediate thought, which is it makes it harder to say no. Right. So when I first saw Tiger King um, come up on Netflix, you know, rec, whatever, what, this is what you should watch next. I just thought, what a weird thing. Right. Um, I don't have time for that. Right. But then when I start seeing it show, and you know, Netflix just started doing this thing where they show the top 10 yeah. shows of yeah the with the little badge yeah. yeah and then suddenly you're like wait this is a top 10 show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of people watch this yeah and then of course when everybody talks about it and and it's, it's on instagram it's on social media then you, you start to feel like and then you, you start saying. to feel like and they start making comments like you, they, you suddenly you're not in right and they have their inside jokes and you're like on the outside and and so then there there becomes a kind of pressure, right? Like, well, I kind of would like to have those conversations. Right. I would like to not be excluded. Um, you know, when people are talking about Game of Thrones, I want to know what they're talking about. Right, right. Uh, so I, I would say, yeah, there's definitely, you have to be a lot more, it's, it's challenging because at the same time that there's more pressure externally because of this kind of viral, um, you know, phenomenon, there's also, I have less strength internally because I'm, I'm so conditioned to want other people to like me because of social media. Right. And so, um, I just, I just say, let's give up and just watch everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, we, we gotta, I mean, we gotta, we, in some ways I would want to step back and say, before I even have to be halfway into the first episode of Tiger King and then try to garner up the strength to turn it off. Right. I've got to, I've got to work out the muscles that, that, aren't going to Instagram to find my self-worth. Yeah, that's... Mm. That aren't going, you know, looking for the likes. That's a good word. So... So you need, you need, you know, you need the fills of of the media world uh, to come and say, here, taste this. Not not that. Like, yeah. taste this yeah. coffee. Bill being our coffee guy. Yeah. yeah. Who you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, and there are people that I trust to make recommendations, and so I think that's helpful. Like you know, uh, like you're making recommendations. If you if you tell me to listen to a podcast, I'm gonna listen to it at least once. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and vice versa. If you're saying, "Man, I wouldn't listen to this or I wouldn't watch this," uh, then I've got my trusted people that I say, "Okay, well, if you think it's," and you know, bad, while while we're on that topic, the Gospel Coalition does. A, a similar thing, a guy named Brett McCracken, mm, solid, really, uh, really helpful. He puts out, I, I think he's done it for at least the last three years. Um, puts out like a top 10 movies, movies of the year. Of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's not Christian movies, but it's movies that have redemptive themes. That's right. Yeah. It's some, really good. I mean, some of them are like, we, we've been talking about this whole disturbing, jarring, uh, you know, maybe it's not going to taste good, but is going to nourish you, um, in, in some way, uh, you know, maybe it's going to be your, uh, your, your broccoli or your whatever, whatever thing that you, uh, you force down cause you know, it's good for you. Um, I, I, I actually love broccoli, so it hurts me a little bit to, to trash it. Don't trash broccoli. Yeah. Trash cauliflower. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
it's a, that's a better example. A poor man's broccoli. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of what he recommends, you know, is, is a mixed bag when it comes to like, uh, whether it's going to make you feel good or not. <laughs> there are some movies that he puts on uh, in his top 10 that it's like, man, what this is going to do, uh, you're going to you're going to finish this movie and feel disturbed and and in pain almost. <laughs> uh, you know, because you just watched Injustice or you just watched uh, you know, Struggle or or whatever yeah. it might be. Good, good. So, well, Michael, make a make a couple of watching recommendations for us. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I I found myself coming back to the World War II theme. Um, I think there's just something about uh, how how enveloping war, World War II mm-hmm. was for people that that it really became this this worldwide event that that took over and and in a similar way that's what's happening with COVID-19 and so I've just found a lot of connection between uh, World War II and uh, our season now and so um, a couple that I'll throw out uh, one one I threw out in week one is called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. I haven't checked that out yet but I love the name. It's a movie you know I I shortened it to T-Glap. T-Glap. Yeah, T-Glap. And so help, what what in the world is that about? So it follows uh, an English author who sets out to write uh, about a small community that formed during World War II on on the German-occupied island of Guernsey. Uh, And... I don't want to give it away. That's enough. That's great. I'm, yeah. I'm in. This is on Netflix. It is. Oh man. So I don't. And and it's a you know it's a it's a little bit of a romantic drama. Oh geez. Um, <laughs> I mean that's cool. <laughs> so uh, so so but but to me uh, you know I, th- that part of the story is interesting and and it's compelling in its own right. But I, I think the the more compelling part of of the story is this community that she uncovers and. Uh, and the compassion and the sacrifice that that she finds in in this little uh, community uh, that formed on the island of Guernsey, and and man, it uh it'll get you. So watch it with uh watch it with your loved one. Uh, get a box of tissues. Um, if you're alone, watch it with your cat. Yeah, <laughs> Bar- borrow a cat from someone. Yeah. Yeah, don't you don't, can have ours. You can come over. We've got an outdoor cat. Oh, cat cat Craig. Cat, it's just cat cat. Yeah. But no, it's just, it's just cat cat. <laughs> you can come borrow yeah. cat cat. Um, and so then uh, you know, also World War II, um Dunkirk. Are Kirk. you just gonna are you for the rest of this this house journal <laughs> quarantine corner, is it just gonna be World War II movies? No, I've got some other stuff. Okay, you can go to World War One, nineteen seventeen when it comes out. Yeah. But okay, Man, Dunkirk, come on. So good. Dunkirk. So Dunkirk, uh, if you haven't watched it, Christopher Nolan movie who, you know, there are there are a handful, there are a handful of directors. Mm, you just watch their stuff. Yeah. And he's one of them. Mm. That if Christopher Nolan puts out a movie, you know, he's he's got one coming out that looks real interesting. Um I didn't know that. What is it? I can't remember the name of it, but it's like this this like similar to um uh, inception where he's kind of messing with, oh, no. with like time and, and reality. I still occasionally will spin a top to make sure <laughs> you're, make sure you're, you're really living inception. Um, you're not in a dream world. Mm. So it's something about something that's similar to that where it's messing with like time and reality, but it's like, a it's like, I think it's an investigative, like, uh, police, movie uh, I, we'll figure it out it's it it the the trailer the initial trailer was so vague which mm, i think he it's does, basically just Chris, he does christopher nolan yeah so but anyway <laughs> so why watch dunkirk so dunkirk is also set in world war ii and uh it it tells the story of allied troops trapped on the french beaches of dunkirk awaiting rescue by sea uh from from boats coming from england so basically they are being pushed all the way to the beach of Dunkirk by the German army. Uh, and, and really, I mean, they, they're just holding, holding on to hope. 
Mm. Like they're not, they're not positive that the ships are going to get there. They're not positive that, that the, the English Navy has the ships to actually spare to come get them, which they, mm, I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, this is a true story. Yep. Mm, Very good. And so they're, they're waiting, they're holding on to hope They're you know, it, it follows a few different key characters and kind of weaves the narrative together in a really creative and, uh, in, intriguing way. Um, and so, you know, even those characters are, are trying to, you know, keep, keep morale and, and hold on to hope and, uh, make it through this, this really agonizing time of what's going to happen to us. Is England going to come for us? Will, will rescue come? Uh, so, so, you know, in this COVID season, uh, you can be formed in your own waiting, uh, through watching Dunkirk. Um, you can, uh, you can be formed in your own longing for mm. rescue and, and longing for uh, home peace and home. Yeah. Mm. That's good. That's good. Okay. So one last, give us one last watching recommendation. Oh, that's so hard to pick. Um, how about comedy? Give us something fun to watch. Oh, easy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, man, you know, I might catch some, some flack from this. For, from the uh, from the non awkward comedy people, but I just can't not recommend Nacho Libre. I knew you were going to recommend that. <laughs> it it is. It's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix, and it's far and away my my favorite comedy. And it's I mean it's it's dumb humor. It's definitely it's sophisticated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you. You know, I don't, you might be, you, you really are just going to be formed in, uh, in your own goofiness. Yeah. More than anything else. You know, sometimes you just need to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you, you know, uh, sometimes you just need to laugh at, you know, Jack Black. Jack Black's faces, Jack Black's silliness. Jack Black's tights. Yeah. When, sometimes when you're a man. You wear stretchy pants in your <laughs> <Excellent>. room. <laughs> it's for fun. <laughs> okay, Nacho Libre. We end on a sophisticated note. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Thank you, Michael, for those recommendations. You can you can you can go back. You can find more. Michael didn't go through all of them. There's more coming out uh, even today uh, for Michael's quarantine corner on the uh, House Journal on the Bonhoeffer House website. We'll continue putting new content out there. As a matter of fact, you can go there and read tremendous essays and articles that have been written, are being written, will be written. We've got great things lined up. And speaking of great things lined up, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're pushing read back. So read will be slotted in in a few weeks because next week we have the one and only Karen Swallow Pryor, KSP. This is so uh, some know her as the notorious KSP. We're gonna have her on the podcast. Uh, virtually, she'll be joining us via Skype or Zoom or something. And speaking of people to to look to for recommendations, yeah, yeah, she's she's the author of the excellent book uh, on reading well, which uh, really kind of walks through ten, I think it's ten classic works of fiction and how to read them, how to read them with uh, informative way in informative ways. Uh, with particular themes to look for in those works. Um, she also has written on cultural engagement uh, recently, as well as I think she is, um, there's a new new edition of Sense and Sensibility that I believe she wrote the intro to. Yeah, she. I think she did a couple things. Sense she, and Sensibility and I think one other. Mm, but I can't, probably, rem- I can't remember what the other is. Probably she's writing a lot. And we, man, it's going to be so fun to have her on here. We're going to ask about all kinds of things. She's a bit of a um, uh, 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 hmm, firebrand. She's, she's fun. <laughs> she, there's a bit of, uh, you know, we'll ask her all kinds of questions about her life. She recently has uh, accepted a position at Southeastern Hour our semin- seminary alma mater, uh, where she, she will be teaching, I think, both undergraduate and uh, graduate courses on reading and literature, and uh, she'll be doing a lot of writing there. And so we are so thankful, so glad to have 
Karen on next week. We are going to pick her brains about her, her reading habits, her writing habits, her running habits. If you follow her on Instagram, she runs so, so, so much. We're going to talk to her about recovering from injury. We'll talk to her about her dogs, about all kinds of fun things uh, next week. And so I'm really excited. It's going to be, it's going to, you know what, you know what? It's definitely going to be interesting. Oh yeah. We're going to have fun. We are going to have fun. Well, thank you for tuning in to the hammer and quill episode three, Michael's quarantine corner recommendations for reading, listening, and watching in these times. Tune in next week for our interview with Karen Swallow Pryor. Please subscribe, review us on YouTube. <laughs> iTunes. Sometimes I just say things. <laughs> <laughs> review us on iTunes. Throw five stars our way. You know, you could review us on YouTube one day. Until next time. <laughs> Peace. Peace.